Hello, this is Bayon Talks, which is the podcast that provides insights from real estate professionals, thought leaders and deal makers in the sector. Uh, for our eighth episode, we have the community focused Tiffany Brearley and Theo Brown, who are the founders of Renee House, who are a community interest company providing supported accommodation for vulnerable adults in the Nottinghamshire area. In this episode, we'll be discussing their introduction into property, social housing, the importance of giving back to their local community, and how they're using their resources to house and accommodate vulnerable people post-lockdown. I'm Johnny Ingelli, and I would love to introduce Theo and Tiffany. So good morning to you both. How are you doing today? Yeah, yeah we're good. Thank you for thank you for having us on. Good. Nice. Nice. Um, not so sunny day, so it's not too too bad to be in doing a podcast instead. <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. It's, it's it's like last last couple of weeks it's been sunny when no one's been able to go outside and now we're allowed outside. <laughs> <laughs> the weather's gone back to being British, but I'm I'm completely with you with you both there. And um, you know, um for the last um, couple of weeks, I'll say last uh, seven or seven or so weeks, um, I've had the pleasure of, you know, interviewing people uh, from, uh, you know, property professionals, property investors, estate agents, developers alike, and lawyers to accountants, and everyone's got their different view on on property, which is good for you know listeners to learn and position themselves. But I wanted to take time in this conversation to get you guys on board because you guys are you know using your skills. Uh, within and context and property to really give back to the community and I think it's amazing for people to see that you know you can you know focus on the business side but you can also give back as well and I think that's very very important especially in these times where you know not to echo the news but you know we are all in this together and we should look out for each other so again before we you know go into you know the nitty-gritty I'd love for people to know who you know who you both are and you know what is it you guys do so what is it you guys doing who are you? So we are founders, co-founders of Renee House, CIC, Community Interest Company. So basically what we do is provide housing for homeless people in a nutshell. Um, to break that down a little bit more. So what we do is provide, is provide what's called supported accommodation. So we, we work with landlords to, it's basically similar to rent to rent. So obviously a lot of listeners to your podcast, I imagine will be in the, um, property or business sort of arena so it's basically we rent properties from landlords and then we take take them on and do all the maintenance the management and then we work with local authorities with charities um, with like probation services and different organizations to find people who need housing but also need a little bit of extra support as well so whether that's because they're ex-offenders or because they've got history of rough sleeping or drug or alcohol abuse or anything like that so then work with these organizations to first of all find who needs the housing and support then we provide the housing and support and then we also link in with other organizations to um give them the ongoing support as well because we often find that sometimes these people get the support but then they don't get the housing and it's kind of like getting support with your mental health or your drug and alcohol issues but you're still going to live on the street and you're not really going to solve one issue without solving the other so we kind of try and try and be that missing piece of the puzzle and connect everything together 
Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff, guys. Again, I'm so I'm so grateful that you guys uh, you know give your time and energy to to to, to be able to provide you know this service for for, for vulnerable people um, because as you as you guys probably know, it's very difficult for vulnerable people, people you know who do have histories uh, to be able to to be housed, you know, whether it's agents or local authorities so again that's amazing and how did you guys get involved in well one property and then you know specifically what you guys are doing now um so in terms of getting involved in property it was something we've been looking at for probably like four or five years um originally we were going to be your standard sort of investors doing buy to lets or flips mm-hmm. um and then we actually bought our own house, which took some of our um, savings to do that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we were going to, we were thinking, oh, let's just keep, carry on saving and then we'll be able to buy that first buy to let. And that's how it would go. But at the time I was working in um, supported accommodation for young adults. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw things differently in terms of business because I was then, Rather than being out carrying out the support, I was in in the office and seeing it from more um, a business sort of led uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, someone there actually mentioned to me, "Well, why don't you do supported accommodation? Because you can then still do your property, sort of get involved in property the way you want to. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, it's he, he kind of said, oh, it's it's an easier way of doing it.' And I was like, that does not sound easy at all um mm-hmm. and it, it's not so um but yeah it just it initially like we say it all the time we laughed it off because it was like that is a crazy idea let alone mm-hmm. us doing something like that um and then yeah we just I think we left it a few weeks maybe a month and then we were like right let's just do it let's give it a go and if it doesn't work you know like it, it, it was one of those things where if it doesn't work, we mm-hmm. do something else, but mm-hmm. we should really ha- have a go at this and try and make a difference. So mm-hmm. um, because we'd been in sort of the property network for, mm-hmm. at the time we were networking at a specific networking group for about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where we met our first landlord um, mm-hmm. that gave us the first property. And then a year later, we gave us our second property. Um, so in terms of like investment and your standard property sort of setup it is something that we still do in the future but right now for Renee House um mm-hmm. you know we we use other people's properties and we recycle them and sometimes we we make them better than they were when they were given to us so we're kind of mm-hmm. taking these houses and turning them into homes for people that really need them mm-hmm. so. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff. And in in regards to, you know, as you said, you know, you could have gone down the traditional route, but then you're like, no, there's a need. Let me, um, let me, or let us uh, try our best to, 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 to help, you know, facilitate that need. Um, you, you then, you know, went out and, you know, got a landlord and that, that was happy to, to, to agree to this. And, and I, I think that's very, very important and very significant because, you know, at least on the traditional agency side, you know, when I have someone that's maybe on DSS or universal credit who are, who are lovely, you know, lovely people who, you know, want to rent the property for themselves or maybe their family or whatever, and they do might have a history. 
Um, again, the, 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 the council, so maybe for people in the US, you know, the, the government effectively can subsidize a living. Um, you know, they, the, the landlords don't want to have these tenants because they might think it's too much headache, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I want you to speak uh, a little bit more about the issues um, surrounding uh, individuals who are vulnerable um, trying to, you know, just even get a room in some cases uh, and, and, and what you guys are doing to try help, you know, find them a home or provide them provide them a home. So if you could talk a little bit about that as well. Well, I think when we first got into it, we, we like Tiff said, we came from the perspective of sort of more commercial landlords in terms of it's, it's all about competition. It's all about making sure that your property is the best property because otherwise tenants are going to go and pay somewhere, pay, pay someone else who had a better property. But then when we came into this sort of space, which is slightly different, I feel like it, we came across a range of different standards. So in in some situations, unfortunately, and it's been written about a lot in in like national press and stuff like that. In this situation, mm-hmm. it's kind of like because these 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 people are coming from situations where your option is either sleep on the streets or sleep or sleep in the house that I'm providing. It's meant that some properties and some standards are very very low. Mm-hmm. So when we when we saw some of the standards that were out there, it was kind of like, I can't believe people are actually being made to live like this. But then when you understand, like I said, it's either sleep on the streets or sleep in in this place, then you'd rather sleep somewhere that keeps you dry and warm, even though it's not the nicest place. So we came into it thinking, hold on, surely with surely you can you can provide at least a basic level of, of housing for people. <clears throat> So some of the people that we house, like I said, they're coming straight from prison or they're coming from places where <clears throat> they're not they're not sort of suitable. So another big thing is councils spend a lot of money on B and B accommodation. So it's just like emergency short emergency short term accommodation, which is very, very expensive for them. And mm-hmm. often again you're putting people in here who need support, but B&Bs and hotels are not going to provide support services with mental health and drug and alcohol issues and all of this kind of stuff. So all that's happening is you're kicking the can down the road because you're going to put them in B&B accommodation for however long mm-hmm. and probably whatever issues they've got are going to get worse and then they're going to come back to the council in a week, a month or however much time and it's going to be a worse issue. You're going to be dealing with someone who's got worse issues. So actually... If we provide good accommodation with support, mm-hmm. actually we're taking someone at a point where we can still work with them. And actually, mm-hmm. yes, our accommodation is technically short term, but that means anything up to two years, it's much more effective mm-hmm. because there is support. And actually when we then either refer this person back to the council <clears throat> for housing or we support them to find somewhere else, they're gonna be in a much better position and actually they'll be more independent um, at that point. That's amazing. And I, I think for you guys, it's, it seems it seems like you're wearing two hats. So you're, you've got one hat, which is, you know, the property, the commercial side, which is like, you know, 
finding the the landlords, you know, repurposing the the the, the home so it's you know suitable to live in, and then finding you know the tenants and managing it, which is you know the traditional uh, property side of things, the real estate side, and. For many people, it just stops there. <laughs> you know, it stops there. You get the tenant in, and you just make sure that the, the, the house is to a good standing. But then, for you guys, you then have the additional piece, which is again um, helping um, you know the vulnerable people that come in as tenants. Uh, hopefully, getting them back to a better stage. Um, so then, again, like you said, so they can be independent. So my question to you is, how do you manage both sides? Because um, that's a lot to do. <laughs> a lot to do. <laughs> I think. I think for us, um, what we've learned as we've sort of, so coming into Renee House, it was a completely new thing to both of us. Um, mm-hmm. My background's in working in health and social, but I've never worked with, I've never worked in the voluntary sector and I've never worked directly with um, homeless people. And mm-hmm. it was bringing both of our skills together. So there's a clear, now we're starting to see a clear mm-hmm. divide between our roles. So, mm-hmm. um we have sort of like you say the property side and there's the property management maintenance the property sourcing side um Mm -hmm. and then there's the support side of everything so Mm -hmm. i think i think it when you look at it like that i think i've never i've never really looked at it like that i'm honest but we're kind of bringing two separate Mm -hmm. worlds together we're bringing the voluntary sector Mm -hmm. and we're trying to bring you know the property sector so the it's all about profit and mm. understandably again we understand but we're trying to bring the two things together in collaboration to to help people mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. for us it was more about so we understand property and we understand mm-hmm. landlords although we're not mm-hmm. landlords that was our intention so we've got the understanding of what they're kind of looking for because that's what we would have been looking mm-hmm. for um mm-hmm. but we also have to think of okay we're a community interest company we have to do things for the better of the community that we serve which is homelessness like the homeless community um and the voluntary sector so we provide a really good standard of accommodation um to house these people and i think there is a clear division forming between theo and i so theo does Mm -hmm. more of the property maintenance management and sourcing and i deal with Mm -hmm. the support and the staff and you know the services that we provide. I think it's really good that there's two of us as well because I, yeah. I I say it all the time when we're on this journey. Like I I could not do all of this by myself, and I, yeah, I, I don't know I don't know how I how you'd be able to cover it because it's kind of like being a landlord is is all right when you just sort of get people in and you you do you do the property up, you make sure it's nice, you get tenants in, but then that's that's kind of it apart from little bits of ongoing maintenance then that kind of where the job finishes but then with what we're doing you bring in an order of support and that's that's probably the most time consuming part of it um and that's that's the bit that makes it different and that's the bit that makes it different for people's lives but it is from yeah from a pure perspective it, it is very time consuming and for one person to do would be a lot so yeah I'm really glad that we're doing it together yeah. <laughs> that's amazing and um in relation to to, to the that uh, say the property side and also the the say the the well-being side as well you know there's 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 two of you that, that, are, that are doing this which is amazing but again you need it, it does take time to one find all of these properties 
uh, and then it takes time to, to help help the people. Um, my question to you guys is on the, the property side. So I've got two questions in this. The first question is, uh, how do you, because um, there are a lot of landlords that listen to this, um, how do you, actually the be better question is, what would you say to landlords who have been, let's say less, have been more skeptical to um, provide their uh, properties in the past to maybe the council to, uh, to, 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 to vulnerable people in the past um, and, and, and why let's say using a service like yours can actually, you know, benefit them, but also, you know, benefit the people. Um, but also on the uh, well-being side, because there's only two of you, um, what are you, do you guys partner with other charities? And if so, who are they, um, you know, to, to help the, you know, the tenants and, um, and um, on, on that side of things? So in terms of like the landlords and the, you know, being skeptical, I think when, when we first set out to do this, I personally was, was quite shocked. So we'd been a part of this network for some time. And then when we actually said what we were doing to people the initial sort of reaction really shocked me and I thought why aren't people seeing that actually this is a really really good thing um mm -hmm. but then when you realize how landlords in the past have been burnt by you know the housing benefit system and the council um you know lack of sort of um, working together um and wanting to help mm -hmm. landlords it we definitely gained a bit more of an understanding and going, okay, it makes sense now. I think, um, you know, initially, like, obviously you have to pitch your business all the time, but it's much easier now because we know and understand what we do and we believe in it 100%. And, you know, every single time we take on a property, we prove the concept over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. So for us, what we do differently is... First of all, obviously, we take the property on for um, a minimum of two-year lease. Um, we say two to five-year leases. And we then take the property more or less at the standard it's given, unless it it's needs some serious work. We then work, um, work with the landlord to get this work carried out. Um, mm -hmm. We then we provide all the decoration, the furnishing, of the property to bring it up to a high standard um there's ongoing maintenance so with what we do so if if for instance someone was a landlord on the property and it went to an estate agent um property checks mm -hmm. are carried out once every six months we are actually in the property a minimum of once a week but more like two three times a week um mm -hmm. and during yeah you go into the property to see the residents but actually maintenance checks are carried out room checks are carried out so every part of the house is checked any repairs are reported and dealt with straight away um we pay you know all the utilities so there's no sort of debt building up on any of the properties um so for us we're basically saying to landlords well we give you that complete hands-off approach but you're getting the rent every single month from a business, a company, rather than, you know, now, back then, a while back, you could get housing benefit paid to you directly as a landlord. That's not possible anymore with universal credit. So mm -hmm. It's, well, it's a bit more difficult. It is possible, but a bit more difficult. But for us, we get paid directly. So that's how we can guarantee rent 
to a landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of housing benefit, it comes to us as a company rather than going to our residents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for us, it was like, why is it so hard to sort of sell this? Because of course it makes sense. But when it's someone's asset and when it's, someone's, you know, mm-hmm. bread and butter and they're like, well, if this goes wrong, you know, that's my, that's their income. We fully, fully get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we take care of the properties 100%. And from, from our sort of perspective, in comparison to other mm-hmm. providers, you know, doing this, we are, we do go above and beyond in terms of, you know what's expected so we exceed expectations we've mm-hmm. got you know a landlord we've had his house for a year and a half now I think. and mm-hmm. he's actually said to us that i forgot i had that property because you know i've not got any issues i've not got the six month turnaround of tenants i've not got any voids and mm-hmm. repairs himself so that's another thing that we may have voids but we still pay the rent so even if the mm-hmm. beds aren't full the landlord doesn't know that because you're still getting the rent you've not seen any dip in your your income from the property um mm-hmm. so yeah in terms of that sort of side of things and and saying to a landlord what we could do for them that's that's basically what we we do and what we have done with all our properties yeah when it comes to the support it's a lot of collaboration and that's that's what we're about and i think from the start we've always been we've always said to other organizations so like like i said charities so there's there's a couple of charities that we that we work with so um, there's mm-hmm. one called Broxto youth homelessness um they as the name suggests work with um young people up to around about 25 and they give all sorts of different support so like life skills and um yeah. training on different aspects like getting into work and just sort of home economics sort of stuff that obviously you don't really get taught as much in school um and then they they work with um organizations like us and others who provide housing um we're really close with our local food bank um i've been volunteering there for over over a year and they've they've supported our our guys giving them food parcels and obviously we've supported them through giving our time and and trying to promote stuff that they're doing so especially at the minute on our Instagram, if you go there, the link is yeah. um, there was a link there to basically a fundraising that they were doing to raise money to get more food parcels. Um, there's also employment train um, training centres and job and like the local job centres. We work closely with them. We've taken referrals from them and mm-hmm. and referring back to them, especially for like employment opportunities. So we've had guys who come in from. Um, from really bad situations to being able to be helped um, move on from them and eventually find employment so yeah with with all different with all different areas we we work with others and then we've also got our own support workers who do a lot of a lot of work with our residents as well mm-hmm. that's amazing so uh, again for you know landlords that are listening uh, in you know, especially with what's happening at the moment with, you know, and we'll get more into into more details about this a bit later on with the, the whole COVID-19 lockdown situation, what's going to come from that is, you know, that we, we might see a situation in the future where we might see much more vulnerable mm-hmm. people, increased unemployment and having, let's say, a company like yours, that again, 
can you know who can provide let's say on the commercial side at least first the um the uh stress-free uh, management of a property continuous guaranteed rent effectively for up to two years and you know getting your property to a good standard i think any landlord sitting right now would think that's actually a pretty good place to be in or something to consider so again for those that weren't aware you know now you are aware that you know this is an offering available to you but then on the um on the uh you know the the well-being side i just find i find it amazing that you know you guys you know have been able to partner with all of these um incredible organizations myself um in um my the part of london i from west london you know i i also uh, help out the local food bank and it's just you know really interesting to see you know uh, meet or meet so many you know interesting people uh, that come through through the doors and just to hear their stories and you know to see that there's an organization there that's you know, not just providing the house but also providing you know trying to you know, teach them how to manage money properly and then you know helping them get back on their feet it's just amazing to see that that, that you can do two things at once it's not easy but it's still doable and um, my next question would be to about the the people that do come through your you know, uh, come through your doors as tenants and when you are able to help them, do you, can you guys think of one success story or a few success stories of people that you've been able to, to help and then you look at the other, on, on the other end and you're like, oh wow, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, we were able to help this person look where they are now. So do you have any yeah, of those so stories? We, we literally, we always mention um, this person um, he's been with us now for 14, 15 months and um, and mm -hmm. he came to us from, he was basically living in another accommodation that just wasn't suitable. Um, and mm -hmm. probation actually referred him to us from that accommodation. So he was pulled away from there and, and brought over to us. Um, mm -hmm. And he was really skeptical of us because he's been through the system and he's been in a lot of hostels, accommodation. He's kind of seen it all. Um, and so, yeah, he was very guarded and just didn't trust what we were saying and mm -hmm. and that was fine so you know we offered him to come and view the house that he'd be living in and and sort of get to know us first and yeah he he wanted to come and come and stay in one of our properties um so this this person is um his his past history is sort of um being in and out of prison um taking drugs mm -hmm. um he mm -hmm. You, you know he, he was partial to a drink he sort of lost touch with his family and his mm -hmm. friends and burnt a few bridges mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. he was just at a point where when he came to us and he was saying I just need you know first of all he said to us I need you to help me say no to drug like I need mm -hmm. I need you to continue mm -hmm. to just you know help me keep saying no so he he's been with us for mm -hmm. as I say just over a year um he's actually been clean off class a drugs for that time um he's um not reoffended in that time so his probationary period has ended and he is quote unquote a free man um he mm -hmm. is back in touch with his children and some of his family members mm -hmm. he's actually had held down two separate jobs whilst working for him as well um and he's just mm -hmm. generally a much happier guy and he, honestly he's a lovely guy mm -hmm. so he's we always bring him up because I think it's more because he's been with us the longest so we've seen that progression you know develop um mm -hmm. 
-hmm. But more recently, um, <clears throat> a success, uh, success story that we have is um, we had a resident mm -hmm. move in with us in February and um, mm -hmm. he was he was sofa surfing so he moved in with us um, and he had mm -hmm. he basically he'd, he'd become homeless through a breakdown of his relationship with his wife um, so we moved into our property there was a lot of sort of there was just a lot of drama involving his wife and the children mm -hmm. caught up in the middle and he wasn't allowed to see his children and it was very sort of hectic um and mm -hmm. with him it was more like emotional support but also support with sort of dealing with his emotions and his anger and helping him not react to things the way he did um which often got him in a lot of trouble mm -hmm. because he wasn't thinking about what he was doing and saying he was he was acting a, a very sort of impulsive um so he stayed with, he moved in in february and he mm -hmm. since then we have supported him to um actually gain custody of his children um so he mm -hmm. he's gone from not being able to see his children to actually being their full-time parent and he now lives with his children mm -hmm. so for us mm -hmm. that happened really really quickly and when we went to see him um in his new place and we were saying he kept saying thank you and we were like we're not sure what we did <laughs> we're not sure mm -hmm. what we did here and he was like <laughs> no you honestly like taught me how to keep my head and keep just level-headed about things um you know like if mm -hmm. there was there was a lot of sort of back and forth between him and his ex so we were constantly there to keep him sort of grounded with it um often she just knew what buttons to press to sort of trigger trigger his emotions and get him in trouble. So we would, yeah, we were just kind of saying, okay, that this is how we should deal with it going forward. Let's try this. It's a bit different. So, yeah, we didn't realise what we'd actually done to help this guy. And he's like, well, yeah, you, you've actually really, really helped me. And we're still, you know, in touch with him. And he doesn't want to lose touch, which is lovely. Um, but that for us is amazing that now he's he's with his children um and he can just mm -hmm. you know go about life the way he wanted to really and stay out of trouble mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no that's no no we just Sorry, um obviously encourage him to stay out of trouble and keep his head down and think about his kids um going forward and it definitely gives him a purpose so mm -hmm. no of course i i, I think Every, you know those those two success stories are amazing you know again it, it points on the you know having a good environment a good support system how important that is uh because you know when most people you know they you know when they come out of the um at least the prison system you know reoffending is is, is most definitely it happens rapidly because again sometimes your options are very very much limited um and um just to see and you know was he, he said 14 yeah. months was it 14 months mm -hmm. the person yeah, that's a that's a very short. Uh, it's a long period of time for you know, in regards to him, but it's a very short period of time for someone to make such a massive transition, and that would have not happened without having that environment that you guys provided. So again, give yourself a massive pat on the back for that. That's amazing. And then with this, you know, the second guy, and you know, hearing the story now when you guys are explaining it, I can understand why he was mega thankful because again, you 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 you, it was a massive turnaround and you know the defining moment in, in his life he could have it could have gone a very different way but again environment 
and having the right support network and people around you um, is, is, the, is the reason why those transitions happen. I think that goes a testament to what you guys are doing. Again, you're, you're providing that amazing service for, for, you know, for, for landlords who, to, to be quite honest with you, they, some of them won't even get that from letting agents or, or, or from property companies. So that on that side, that's amazing. But the, the things that you guys are able to do with the, the resources that you guys have to, to make such a massive change for people is, is, is amazing. But it's also very important that as many people are aware of this as well. So, um, you know, in, in relation to, um, you know, resources and all that stuff, are you guys doing this all by yourself? Or, you know, do you partner with other organizations to keep you guys going? Or is it just a, uh, like a family effort between you both? To, um, to so it's, yes. yeah, it's, it's our organization. Um, and we, we run it, we, we do everything. We make sure that all the day-to-day -day stuff is done. Um, but we do have, we do thankfully have a network of support and, and advice around us when it comes to like property and and a, a load of different areas. So we we couldn't possibly do this by ourselves. Like, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't possibly do this all by ourselves. So we are grateful to like the um, a couple of close people that we have around us who really keep us sane. So. 99% of the time when Tiff's down, I'll be up and I'll bring her up. And when I'm down, Tiff will be up and she'll bring me up. But sometimes there's just times where both of us are just like mega confused or nervous or not sure what we're going to do. And, and thankfully, like, yeah, we do have we do have people around us to, to help us when we're both feeling a little bit out of sorts. But I think in terms of business, we the, the core of our funding mm -hmm. comes through housing benefits. Um, so that's in, in terms of a business model, that's that core funding stream. Mm -hmm. um, and we also do, I, I write a lot of funding bids. So being a community interest company, um, don't actually, mm -hmm. first of all, never heard of one, but mm -hmm. don't actually understand one. So basically a community interest company is sort of like a halfway between a charity and a limited company. So we have what's called an asset lock. Mm -hmm. So anything that we have within the business cannot be um, passed on to another business like for free. It can't just be transferred. It has to be sold for um, for its actual value. So it means that if we were to move on and someone else was to take over the business, they can't just asset strip the business um, for, for its assets and, and let everything go. So it means that the community spirit ethos of what we started this community, mm -hmm. um, this company for stays um but what it also means is that mm -hmm. although we're not a charity we can still apply for grant funding and we can still receive donations so that's sort of like a secondary source of income for us so again quick look, if anyone does want to um <laughs> make a donation then go to our website um that's three w's reneehousecic.com um but yeah that means that we have a few different sources of income um, and we have a few different sources of support. So yeah, we, we just, between that, we try and create really nice homes for people and create really nice outcomes for, for people. No, that's, again, that's, that's amazing. So again, listen, if, you know, if there's any listeners there who, want to provide support or any form of help please go to the website and donate and i'm glad that i asked that question so 
so you know people can 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 support you as as in any way that they can then um and a shifting in in, in uh question actually in regards to uh the way you guys have um let's say been communicating your message about you know the benefits maybe for landlords to do this but also the work that you, you've been doing uh, to help vulnerable people mm. is uh, through social media and, and that's how I found you guys I was you know as I said offline I've been following you guys for at least a couple of months and just seeing what you guys are doing number one I'll be I'll put my hand up first I didn't even know you know that there were you know companies that could offer this service I didn't even know this was a thing uh, and uh, and realizing and doing some research and you guys I was just like this is amazing you know you know, because it, again, it's a choice to, to, to want to do this. So, um, you know, why uh, explain to the guys, you know, why did you uh, choose, uh, let's say, social media rather than you could have, you could have just literally just dealt with, uh, you know, the, the, the no, just landlords through the network and, uh, you know, the, the, the local authorities. Why did you choose to use social media uh, for your well, organization? I, I thought when we came into it, we, we both had the idea that, okay, so people who, run sort of organizations like this so <clears throat> most typically it's housing associations so big mm -hmm. big um companies that have probably hundreds and thousands of um bed spaces and we were coming into this as two young people we're both when we started it we were both 25 <clears throat> it's kind of like no mm -hmm. no directors or um ceos of companies like this are really going to be in our age bracket so we're going to be going into meetings and and different situations where we're the youngest and probably the most inexperienced but <laughs> at the other end it also means that we've probably got a lot more energy and enthusiasm and we're a bit we're, we're a bit fresh and because of our naivety and our inexperience in it we'll look at problems differently to how the more experienced and the more sort of um, well ingrained people in this in this industry will look at problems. So we kind of thought, what what's our unfair advantage? And the fact that we are young, um, we probably have more experience on how to use social media. So we we don't have the networks that more experienced um, companies will have. We don't we don't know um, we don't know other high high ranking people in organisations to get us up the ladder. So what, what do we have we have social media so we thought we'll, we'll promote ourselves mm. through that sort of medium and that's one thing that's massive dividends through so like instagram is our biggest um is our biggest sort of platform that we use to market ourselves and it, again this this is testament to that um but yeah we've we've had mm -hmm. so much um so much come from being strong on our on our social media yeah, like our social media network is is amazing and we're constantly saying it like especially like on Instagram. So we do use Facebook, but it's more with Facebook we kind of just post what I've posted on Instagram mm -hmm. to Facebook. But the audience there isn't as as great for us as um Instagram is at the minute. Um but it was also to like mm -hmm. to be honest, to help us stand out. So especially like with our organization, mm -hmm. there's there are a lot of companies that are starting to do what we we're doing. And at the time we started out, you know, we were pre-warned that mm, there's sort of an influx of community interest companies setting up and it's all looking a bit like, you know, people are just jumping into it for the wrong reasons. And we were like, right, okay, 
let's just go out there, stand out for the right reasons, make a statement and let people know that we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instagram's definitely helped us do mm-hmm. that. And obviously on, on Instagram, as you'll know, there's a, there's a huge property community on Instagram. So for us, it was like, well, you know, mm-hmm. although the voluntary sector on social media isn't great, the property sector is so we were like well that's mm-hmm. part of our audience that's who we need to reach so let's use this platform and, mm-hmm. and create our own sort of sector essentially we'd stand out and draw people in and it, it definitely mm-hmm. it's it's really worked and it's helped us as well because it's helped us be accountable um for something do you know what i mean you can't say something and then not follow mm-hmm. through with it so whatever yeah. whatever gets put out there you gotta you gotta do what you've been saying and sort of walk the walk um so it's definitely helped us um mm. but yeah instagram is our, ma- our main platform at the minute um but yeah trying to stand up with it. <laughs> brilliant no you guys definitely definitely have stood out you know even for you know someone like myself who when i came across uh, you know instagram when i see when i saw sorry the firstly the standard of the properties that were um that you guys were posting at first I thought maybe it was a, a serviced accommodation company or like a large property management company because of the standard and what I'm trying to stress to listeners is you know if you have a chance please you know uh, have a look at um, if you guys can yeah so it's tell what your, uh, uh, Renee House is. underscore CIC um, and then like I said you can find us on Facebook as well and it's just Renee House CIC but yeah brilliant yeah, and um, you know, when when I had a chance to to look at it, you know, I was just I was gobsmacked of how, you know, not again, not trying to downplay, you know, your 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 skills there, guys, but again, when when you think of the the space that you guys operate, it's, it, you don't always think of the the best high quality uh, uh, properties for for vulnerable people. I think there's a misconception, but when I saw you know the standard, I was like, oh wow, and then you know the other content and some of it was you know just educating people of what's actually going on so yeah, I, I, I just think it, again it, it does go to show that you know when you you are doing what you guys are doing you are setting the standard and um you know in relation to what's been going on at the moment i've seen you guys have been quite um prominent on social media just just keeping content flowing because we've had to stay indoors <laughs> for 10 weeks and not do anything um how had <laughs> Uh, you know, managing your organisation been, you know, throughout this whole COVID-19, you know, situation? Has it has it been even busier um, or has it been even more difficult with people not having the ability to, you know, effectively leave? So, their, like, with, with us, obviously, when COVID-19 sort of hit and there was that dread of, oh, my God, what, mm-hmm. what are we going to do as an organisation, first of all, what are we going to do? How is it going to affect mm-hmm. us? Um and, you know, we were seeing on, especially on Instagram, we were seeing, like, how other people were being affected by it. And it kind of, it worried us because we were like, is that what's to come? Um, for us, thankfully, mm-hmm. um, we haven't so much negatively been affected by it as an organisation. Um, as you said, like, we've been a lot busier. So in the last six or seven weeks, we've actually taken on a further three properties um, so we we've gone from two properties to mm-hmm. to five, and it was like okay. So mm-hmm. some of, one of the properties was sort of we were in talks before you know lockdown. So we were like that was already 
going ahead anyway. But then we second guess that, oh my God, you know, this pandemic's like fully kicking off and we we're about to take on one property and then another property came through. And then in the last Mm -hmm. two weeks, another property's come through. So we're like, we have to take advantage of it. Also, because as you said, like Mm -hmm. the the rates of homelessness are going to massively, massively increase. Um, I don't know if, you know, you would have seen, but Mm -hmm. when lockdown sort of started to happen, it was put out that all homeless people would be housed, uh, put in hotels um, to help them self-isolate and things like that. Mm Well, like, recently, uh, yesterday, I posted it on our Instagram story, actually. But um, it's it's there's there's talks that actually this scheme is being silently scrapped. So on the down low, this is being stopped, and we're not going to put any more money into that because it is expensive. Um, but what that means and what it's always meant, so mm-hmm. people being put in hotels, that's great. But what about when? lockdown's lifted what happens to all these people because hotels are business and they need to go back to business um so homelessness is going to increase people have lost their jobs people you know haven't been paying their rent so obviously when landlords are allowed to take people to court they they will understandably you know you haven't been paying rent so for us it's like this is only going to get worse it's going to get much worse before it gets better and we need to be equipped to deal with that in the best way we can. So, yeah, for us, the really the main way it's affected us um, is obviously we're also employers and our employees are in lockdown. So everything kind of fell back to just being mm-hmm. myself and Theo. Um, but for us, with our residents, it was key mm-hmm. to just keep them calm, keep them occupied, positively occupied. Um and just make sure that they had everything they needed. So mm-hmm. we had two and then three properties set up during the lockdown. And so that's um, six mm-hmm. people for us that we were like, we need to, we've not only got to think about ourselves here, but we've got to think about six other people, and their welfare and how they're dealing with it. And obviously mm-hmm. the way it's affected mental health is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So for people that already have these mental health issues, um, it was just for us it was a massive learning curve but we definitely proved to our guys that look we're here we're a team and we'll just get through it as a community as a, as a group um you know it was like dropping off food parcels um they were wanting to see us so we were like standing at the fence when they're at the window and shouting to them and dropping off board games to keep them occupied so it was just a load of little things obviously we couldn't be there face to face sort of in their space so it was it was um yeah we tried to do the next the next best thing we could do and it has worked and it has paid off and thankfully all our guys are okay um and our properties are okay and our landlords are satisfied Mm so for us you know and and again like our funding comes from from Mm -hmm. council so it comes from housing benefits so our funding is a organization was not affected it wasn't impacted um, mm-hmm. so we've, we've not stopped making money as a as an organization which is again we're so grateful for um but yeah we've we've just been super busy and plowed through i think um so yeah we've not really been in isolation <laughs> so. no it doesn't sound like it, it seems like it's been 
probably one of the busiest times uh, for you guys on on both ends. And with the, you know, as you said um, before, and again, I did see this on your on your Instagram stories, and this is actually something I've been thinking about. You know, there's been so much great news about, oh, you know, we're going to be let out, and then you know the economy will eventually rebounds and that all things will be good and yeah that sounds great in theory but in practice there's it like you said it's going to get much worse before it gets any better and as a result of that people are you know that they, they, they're going to be homeless and also there'll be increase in, in mental health which as you guys know from working uh, with so many vulnerable people that that then spirals into something else sometimes um so um what i think my question to you in that regards is if you know if that situation happens and I, you know i hope it doesn't I, I really hope it doesn't i'm trying to be a naive optimist but you know you've got to be realistic as well how um are you guys to say um going to structure the business to be able to deal with maybe an increase of maybe t- a lot of tenants and issues that you guys will have to uh, to, to help resolve for for many of these yeah so we, people that come we basically them. operate a um, a waiting list so obviously being able to have the opportunity to find more more properties means that we have more capacity which is great um we're, we're currently already oversubscribed we've, mm-hmm. we've already got um a, a waiting list and it's literally growing by the day um and we're still technically under some sort of lockdown so it's kind of like if said in in a few months time when um when the courts open again and landlords are able to action evictions and stuff like that i can only imagine it's gonna it's gonna get more and more intense and we've got to balance it off and it's always been a good combination between me and tiff so i'm very conservative whereas tiff's a lot more sort of reactive and impulsive and she kind of jumps um and makes and it's it's sometimes good because it makes me jump into action whereas i'm the kind of person who usually ponder stuff too long sometimes um but it's something that we have to kind of understand that we've we've already taken a massive leap for us a relative massive leap from going from two properties and trying to just single-handedly set up three properties and then manage those as well um so it's so like i said it's great that we've increased our capacity but we also need to um make sure that as an organization we have that longevity we're not here to just um be around for a year and then um people just talk about oh it was great when that renee house cic was about um you know what i mean but we want to be here in 5 10 15 20 years so these early days are really important so as much as we want to we if if we could have 100 houses tomorrow and, and house two 200 people 250 people that would be great but it's unrealistic and we're not going to be able to support everyone but mm-hmm. we're we're genuinely going to do the best we can and if more opportunities mm-hmm. for more houses come up then um we will sit down and obviously we're not our number one focus is not finance and making as much money as we can but it is a massive consideration and mm-hmm. we have to um be sure that First of all, we have the financial capability to take on these houses and support these people properly, but also we have the capability in terms of staff and in terms of our time and uh, and all of that. So there's no point taking people on if we don't have the capability to support these people safely. Um, so so yeah, it's it's a massive it's a massive sort of um, 
yeah just putting yeah there's a lot to there's a lot to sort of think about but yeah we've taken on a lot of properties at the minute and if Mm -hmm. the opportunities come and the timing's right then we'll take on more and hopefully be able to hopefully be able to um to do more and support more people and like we're taking on more staff and stuff like that so we're only the only the few only time will tell um we're, we're we're excited and we're glad that thankfully um we're moving in the right direction, I feel. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And, um, you know, if, you know, one last thing, if there was, you know, one thing that you are, um, let's say, either, you know, looking uh, or looking forward to or excited about, you know, with the organisation and what it's able to, to do and provide, you know, moving forward, especially in these... You know what I'm not going to say on President Time, so <laughs> I hate that word. But in these in these very very difficult um, difficult times and things becoming even much more difficult, at least for the short to mid term, what are the few things that you're excited about? But from an organisation uh, viewpoint, uh, to 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 let's say remedy. So I think uh, you know what's nice is we're in a position today. to um, show that it is possible to to do stuff and be profitable and also do good. And I think that's always been mm-hmm. the aim. Like we're not, I, I always want to stress that we're not the holiest, most sinless people in the world and we're absolutely perfect. And do you know what I mean? So yeah, I know what we're doing is great, but I think like we still need to make um, a surplus. We need to make more money than we take in. And we have, we have personal do you know what I mean? We have to, we have personal goals and ambitions as well. But I think it's nice that we're in a position where we can show that even as a non-profit organisation, we can still do massive amounts of good. So we want to grow as a business. We want to make more money than we spend and we want to be a bigger organisation. But it also means, it also means that we've kind of put ourselves in a position where we're only going to, do more and be more and achieve more if we provide more and we I mean we provide more service and I, like I keep saying I think it's really mm-hmm. amazing that we were in a position mm-hmm. where the more we help people the better we do mm-hmm. and think, one doesn't come without the other yeah I think I think I'm personally I'm excited about that like, in the short term so obviously there's everyone's been in lockdown and people have had time to hopefully sort of reevaluate what they're doing um and I'm looking forward to the new organizations that are going to get set up off the back of lockdown and the new you know whether it's just just any organization that we can work with so um training and employment and mental health um sort of support companies and things like that so for me I'm like I'm looking forward to sounds really weird I'm looking forward to the aftermath of this I'm looking forward to the happiness I'm looking forward to the you know everyone coming together and just you know being excited about getting back to some sort of quote-unquote normality as well like for our residents like one of our residents keeps saying you know when when lockdown finishes we've got to do something we've got to have a party we've got to do this we've got to... <laughs> and the more and more like we didn't think it you know mm-hmm. me personally naively I was like this ain't gonna go on for long don't worry a couple of weeks and we'll <laughs> all be together but it's obviously not not working out so now I'm like yeah do you know what we've got to make 
we've got to make a big deal out of this and we've got to say we all got through this sadly some didn't but we did and I think especially for our organization for our guys like we are so so proud of them for the way they dealt with this um and you know they've come together so our guys our houses are we've got two bed houses and we've only got one we've got one free bed house that we're setting up at the minute but so it's just them and one other person and as a household they've come together and supported each other and really formed their own community and for us like I'm immensely proud of them Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to just be together and just like celebrate that yeah we got through it and we're stronger and we just got to keep going um but yeah definitely like all the organizations and the entrepreneurs that have set something up during lockdown I'm excited I'm excited to see what's what's coming in terms of new business and things um and see who we can work with and collaborate with now that's a positive way to end the podcast theo and tiffany thank you so so much for your time today and such an insightful conversation i hope you enjoyed your time with us and i'm sure we'll be speaking with you again in the future now that's it for this episode of bayon talks if you're not already subscribed please subscribe via your usual podcast provider and share with a friend in the meantime thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you again next time